Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Mic Up. Today we have a special guest, Kashmira. Uh, I'll allow her to introduce herself and give you a brief introduction about her background and whatnot. So yeah, Kashmira, take it away. Hi, so my name is Kashmira. Um, well, introduction about myself. Sherlock didn't really give me much time, but <laughs> I would say that uh, right now I'm working with a startup company my friends and I made called Course, where we try to do independent journalism about social issues within Malaysia and um, a bit further out Southeast Asia. So yeah, I'm a psychology graduate. Uh, who ended up in journalism, which is always a fun time. Uh, but yeah, that's me. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also a uh, fun fact, Kashmira is also a fellow senior of mine from Pub University. So yay, welcome, welcome. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, Thank you so much for taking your time. And uh, it's quite early today, it's like 11 to do the interview. Yeah, yeah. well, 11 on a, I would think there are worse things to do on 11 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> True. Saturday morning. Yeah. I mean, we could still be asleep and not doing anything. I don't know if that's bad or good. Moving on. <laughs> okay, la. then, uh, but anyways, today's episode is going to be all about social justice and we're going to get uh, Kashmira's point of view about the, the field as a whole and what she thinks about it. So, moving on. So, the first question would be, what led you to become interested in issues about social justice? Well, issues about social justice. So social justice is about inequality and inaccessibility to a lot of different opportunities. So I would say uh, what led me to this issue was basically my entire life. So um, growing up, I, we weren't from a lot of money. So that was one thing. So you can tell the stark differences between those who did have resources and those who didn't have resources. And I was also part of the, um, I went to a Buddhist Sunday school for about 10 years of my life. So from like the ages of seven to 17. Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> seven to 17. I was part of the, uh, BISDS, Buddhist Institute, Institute Sunday Dharma School. And over there, you would meet all sorts of, all sorts of people, um, those from different backgrounds, those with different um, opportunities, those with different needs. So for example, um, those with special needs, etc. Um, and then you would also have uh, people with different religious backgrounds. So even though we were a Buddhist Sunday school, we had other people from other religious backgrounds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and we sort of like try to understand where each other, like where we're coming from kind of thing. Um, another thing is that I came from a missionary school uh, in PJS. I came from an all-girls missionary school uh, where literally our motto was at veritatum per caritatum, which means truth to truth true charity so wow. find the yeah so the way it's interpreted i mean it can be interpreted a lot of ways but the way i took it was um to find the meaning of life is to help other people kind that's of a thing. Very, so, that's a very good message okay <laughs> so so yeah like i would say it's been 
literally my whole life. Uh, yeah. Do you? I mean, like, um, it, it has been a part of your whole life, but is it was it like a was that like a defining moment where it's like yes, I want to be able to help people, or was it just like generally because of that experience, like okay, yeah, I'm just going to help people, you know? I like to think that I am fueled by spite. Impulses. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, not really fueled by spite, but more mm-hmm. of um, when I was young, I was, um, my parents encouraged us to do debates. Um, right, okay. My siblings and I. So sometimes we would just pop on the news or we'll pop on a documentary. So yeah, I grew up on documentaries. <laughs> But my parents will put on a documentary and then they will just like pose a question. So, for example, uh, I think it was the news and mm-hmm. we were talking about um, different issues and my brother and I will just start arguing over these issues. I'd be like, no, the way to solving this problem is like this. Or no, the way to solve this problem is like this. And so it kind of just expanded from there and where, you know, you sort of like, shed light on a lot of these mm. issues. I feel a lot of us live within our own communities, uh, within our own bubbles, and we only see things for the way that it is presented to us. So once you start seeing things from a different perspective, I think that's when it starts to click for you. Uh, for me, it sort of clicked when I was in school itself. So when I say in school, I would say like in primary school, Mm. because I had friends uh, because we were in a missionary school so meaning that they literally uh, it was part of our founders like motto where you never turn a child behind so you take everyone so I had friends who uh, really really um, are on the higher end of the socioeconomic scale scale. Uh, myself during that time when I was in primary school I was part of the B40 group uh, so we had friends who are coming from all ends. Uh, we had I had friends who were on, for example, like they were on meals. Uh, so the school would provide them with food, and sometimes that would be the only source of, uh, food that they would get for a day because oh gosh. Of yeah. Uh, I also had we also had kids coming from local orphanage homes. Okay, not orphanage homes. Sorry, children's homes. Uh, yeah, in the, because like the area that I live in has a lot and they would come to our school because, well, they don't discriminate in that sense. That's nice. Yeah, so yeah, so it's just more of like, when you start to meet with other people and you realize that um, something's not right, like maybe, I don't even know if I have the words for it now, but when people don't have the same opportunities as you do. And then as a child, I definitely didn't know what those words meant, you know, but it's just like a gut feeling that something's wrong somewhere. So, yeah. Wow. That's actually pretty intuitive because I, I think the case for most people would just be like, oh, they don't really, like you said, they don't notice about these kind of things because they weren't exposed to them. So, because you were exposed to it at such a young age, I think that's, Definitely. I think it's a very good thing. Well, like most of us should be more exposed to like these kind of situations, 
and not naive to the surroundings and stuff. Yeah, I would say that I'm pretty lucky mm. in that sense. Um, not only being exposed to different kinds of com communities, but also that the people around me were very supportive of it. Mm. So uh, in Buddhism, okay, I don't mean to sound like a preacher. No, it's okay. It's no worries, no worries. Yeah. That, that there's this word that we learn called atipatiko. Mm -hmm. uh, you can Google it, but basically it means to go and investigate. So never take anything for face value and always go and investigate and learn from other people before coming up with your own conclusions. And that's kind of like my life motto. That's what we learn in psych also. <laughs> yeah. So always question exactly. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's the reason why I joined Cypher. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, I have, have a lot of questions that need answering. Um, but yeah, so if let's say somebody's failing in class, mm. right? There has to be a reason why they're not doing as well as some other people. There has to be a reason why. Um, or maybe it's opportunity. Maybe uh, as it turns out, some of my friends had learning disabilities that they didn't even know of and stuff like that. Yeah. And then it comes back to the question is that why aren't teachers uh, wary or why aren't teachers aware that some kids have learning problems and but we teach them all the same, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So I would say that it I, I'm very like fortunate in that sense where the people around me were very open to the questions that I asked and they didn't turn me away. And also that Google is a wonderful thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's quite a joke. Lah. It's like, and, and whenever someone asks something, it's like, you can just go ask Google. I mean, Google technically has all the answers to everything. Yeah. Technically, yeah. Tech, well, you can't take Google at face value also. That's what I think. True lah. I mean, it's how you interpret and everything. But the information is like there for you to, to search if you do seek so. Yeah, but hmm. there are a lot of times for certain issues where we actually don't have the information for it. Hmm. It makes me even angrier. So, for example, um, the statistics for uh, deaf community hmm. in Malaysia. So, we actually do not have a number that says how many people specifically are deaf in Malaysia because um, some people they just don't have the opportunity to get registered some mm. people their parents aren't aware enough that they need to get registered to receive help so Google can't help you there you have to go with the community to find out the answers okay that's good mm, and I guess is there any particular um, how do I say, issue that you want to be involved in or are involved in currently? Like, uh, let's just say, focusing on like specific groups and whatnot. Uh, I would say I... So going back to my work, where we do uh, documentaries, um, I would say that our group has like a large uh, variety of issues that we do talk about. So if you go into course, I'm going to plug myself here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you go and check out some of our other videos, we have talked about um, how domestic violence has been, in, how the domestic violence issue has been increased due to the lockdowns in Malaysia. 
we've talked we've talked pula. We've talked about the Thailand riot, the riots that were happening in Thailand, mm. uh, and all these different kinds of issues. Uh, how the lockdown is affecting people and how it happened. Uh, so we have like a very large uh variety of topics but i think one that hits close to home for me would be um, about the environment oh, okay. uh, and also as always mental health and the status of mental health in malaysia okay um is there apart from like documentaries and anything does your organization do anything else to like help uh help others and whatnot so one thing that we do try to do, so a uh, little fun fact, uh, this little company that we made up, uh, haven't fully registered yet because of the pandemic and whatnot. But it's, uh, okay, basically we're just a team, mm. okay, a team of people doing, trying to do documentaries with absolutely no funding. <laughs> but, but basically, how it came out was um let me start from the beginning i started uh joining this journalism camp by rage so i don't know if you know who rage is and to all the listeners who don't know what rage is they're part of uh an investigative journalism team at star newspaper um yeah so when i was 16 they had they had this program called brat um, where basically it's a young journalism, young journalist program. So I joined them. Uh, that's where we got to learn about joint them. Basically, we went for this boot camp in Langkawi, mm-hmm. and oh my goodness, it was really a boot camp. Um, yeah. So we got to explore the island and write about issues that we thought we thought were important. And then the next year, uh. I went back to Langkawi for this all-star program, mm-hmm. um, still underage, and we talked about more of like the environmental part of Langkawi. So we got to plant mangrove trees and um, interview the people who were doing it and whatnot. And it sort of like, lighted a spark like I knew that I wanted to talk about issues and I know how much like how important the power of words can be mm-hmm. because when it's in and you see your work in the newspaper or online you know that and you see the comments of what people have to say and you know that that issue has like you're not the only one who's just thinking about this issue you know there's a hundred like more than you can think of uh, and when I was doing my internship for outside program, mm-hmm. uh, I actually did my internship at Rage. And yeah, so I worked at Star Newspaper for my internship. And during this time, just so happened that the other interns there were people I met at the camp. Oh, okay. So we had like our own mini reunion there. And while we were working at Rage, we all were just like when we would go out for lunch together, we would be like, you know what? Let's bring a new perspective to this. I think we can do this ourselves. And that's how Cost was born. 
So we are made up of either ex-rage interns. Rage is very supportive of us and mm. I cannot express how much uh, we're grateful for their support. Um, so we're born of ex-rage interns and ex-brat campers. Yeah, who basically were like, I think we can do this ourselves. So one thing that we do try to help within the community is that we do take uh, inspiration from our mentors or whatever you want to call them from rage where when they present an issue they try to also present um something to do about it so when you're working uh when you i feel like when you're trying to work in a place where you're trying to change minds so let's take a psych let's take a psych theory for example cognitive dissonance Mm. right so people already have this idea about something and then when you present with them and be like hey actually it's not that way they have a sense of cognitive dissonance and it causes them distress so basically what they have as an idea and the idea that you're presenting do not match up so by providing them information it sort of tries to match up but what we tend to do after that uh, in our documentaries is that we try to, okay, now that your mind has been changed, here's something you can do about it. Mm-hmm. So by giving people the something you can do about it, it, will, it, I wouldn't say fully changes their mind, but I would say that we hope that it changes their mind in that sense. Because when we provide people with what we call... Um, um, we just throw back the curtain. So people, they think about this issue and they're like, oh, okay, domestic violence, yeah, it happens. And then when you finally like throw back the curtain and it's like, oh, domestic violence has actually increased due to the lockdown that has been happening uh, all over the world, right? And once people have this uh, think about it and the first thing that comes to their mind is, oh no, what do I do? There's nothing I can do about it. Because I believe that everybody has a little bit of like, I want to help in them. They don't know how to help like that, right? Yeah, exactly. But they don't know how to help. They don't know how to change the issue. So Mm. we provide them with uh, different resources. So for example, um, the one about domestic violence, we had um, different pages that people could look at. We work together with uh, different foundations. and was like, okay, you know what? If you see somebody who you think that they need help, here's the hotline you can call. Here are some of the signs that you can look out for and stuff like that. So that's, 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 kind, of what, that's kind of what we do. It's very similar to what uh, Rage does. So, but I'm not here as a representative for Rage, so I don't know if I should talk about it. <laughs> I but, mean, I think it's okay you can share your experience with Rage as well. That's no problem because it's a past experience, right? Yeah, I would say that um, I wasn't part of this project. Mm -hmm. But one thing that they did very well and they've won many, many awards for uh, was for their campaign called Predator in My Phone. So it was about child sexual grooming online through uh, platforms, uh, social media platforms. Um, and it's it was really hard to listen to to find out that a lot of young children 
uh, especially young girls, you know, who are looking for affection in a time where uh, maybe they feel none, right? And to be led away by uh, strangers online who uh. would provide them with that affection, who would, it would turn into uh, a sexual relationship with a minor. And so they did a documentary about that and they went undercover and stuff like that, posing as children online. And they met up with uh, these predators and whatnot. And it's really, really hard to listen to. And one thing that they did write was that um, they noted that there is no law protecting uh, children, uh, children's privacy online. There's no law protecting children's rights online, especially when it comes to terms in sexual grooming. So what Rage did was is that, hey, this is the issue. This is a possible solution because then we can, you know, put these people behind bars and they can face the repercussions for their actions. Mm -hmm. And why, why don't we start petitioning for this uh, law to pass, this bill to pass, right? And it gained so much traction that a lot of MPs started supporting it. And now it's a law, if I'm not mistaken. It was a few years ago, right? This this particular yeah. I think I'm I've seen it before also. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was a it was a few years ago. But yeah, it was this whole thing. Um, but that's kind of where we draw the inspiration from, where you know there is such a problem and it causes so much heartache, I feel, mm. because I don't think anybody in Malaysia, um, other than the predators laugh. <laughs> would want a child to face something like that and the same thing would branch out to different social issues you know we don't want people to face that we want um i feel that malaysia can and to an ex and further out extent southeast asia we care a lot about each other and we care a lot about the communities that we are in and we want people to be safe right so by shedding light on issues and trying to not exactly solve the issue because that's way out of our hands, right? We're not, we're not Superman. Yeah. Um, but giving people an avenue to basically start something about the issue and start thinking about it, I think that's very important. Very inspiring to hear. <laughs> I mean, it's true that because how do I say? If it really wasn't like for you guys that like share info and everything, I think I would like to say that a lot of people, the majority of people, wouldn't even care about these issues. Like even if it was like you said, raised up, they're like, "Oh, uh, domestic abuse. Oh yeah, it's been there." But then when you realize that, oh, it's really, really like a prominent issue, and with the info that you provide, yeah, that's I think that's the, the turning point for a lot of people when it comes to like learning about social justice and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that the work that we do is very, very minimal. You can, uh, I find when it, the work with social uh, social issues comes up, you are just another, how would I say this? You are insignificant in a way. And I think that that is beautiful um, because it means that you work in a team and you have to work with other people. Mm -hmm. So when it comes, I feel like the work that we do is just more of like a kick 
in the right in the in the direction to get other people to start thinking about these issues and hopefully someone along the lines finds solace in it. But a kick is still a kick. That is I think that's what I want to believe. It's better than <laughs> not doing it's better than not doing anything and not knowing anything about the issue. That's that's one yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And knowledge is very important. True. And because you mentioned about like a lot of these like um, really heart-wrenching cases, were there any ones that you did in particular that I guess was the most impactful to you or like really affected you the most personally? Mm, with my work at cost or just like in general? Mm, in general, but one that you have worked on. Uh, so before this, um, I was part of uh, a different NGO called Project Liberate. Mm -hmm. So Project Liberate talks about issues such as um, human trafficking, uh, migrant worker rights, and basically human rights all around. And when I was in uni, you know how we had that one subject that was, uh, you have to do an event. It was event an management? Event yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I did it with uh, Project Liberate. Oh. I, yeah, I signed up with uh, Project Liberate because it was, they wanted to do like this little uh, event on our campus. So I was mm -hmm. just like, you know what? I'm going to sign up for that because that sounds cool. And one thing led to another and uh, I became the yeah, youth representative and I was sent to America. Uh, Washington DC and mm -hmm. I stayed at President Lincoln's Cottage. Uh, it was this program under President Lincoln's Cottage. So President Lincoln was the guy who abolished, who attempted to abolish slavery. Uh, and he technically did he did. Yeah. Technically he did, but I would say it's still around. So, <laughs> well, yeah. So anyways, uh, when I went there and I was exposed to a more global sense, uh, I went for a summit called Students Opposing Slavery Summit. Mm -hmm. And uh, being the representative of Malaysia, uh, we got to meet, you know, different representatives in America, different states in America, um, Indonesia, and the Philippines. And you, when you start talking about these issues and you realize that how um, much it impacts the world around you, and stuff like that. And it's sort of like the, I would say it's like the turning point. It was the turning point for me to realize that, you know, not just words that I mm -hmm. knew. So for example, like um, with journalism, right? So before that I was, I have only done like writing stuff. But once I went for the summit and I realized that, oh, my actions uh, can be sort of useful as well. So I went to, we went to the summit, uh, we talked to people who have been trafficked before, um, oh, trafficking survivors. Uh, when I came back to Malaysia, uh, I had the opportunity to talk to more trafficking survivors in Malaysia as well. So I can't provide a lot of details. No worries. Legal issues, but it's all around you kind of thing when you think about migrant workers and their rights. Uh, I cannot, I cannot for the life of me remember which newspaper did 
uh, wrote this article, mm -hmm. but it was basically 13, Bang uh, 13 Bangladeshi workers die every day due to the work that they do. Yeah, and it's a really startling statistic. And you realize that as migrant workers, they don't really have a lot of rights. Um, a lot of our migrant workers who are here in Malaysia are coerced into it. They have been trafficked into it. They have been coerced from their home country. Um, Rage did a, a documentary about this before too. It's called Student Traffic, mm -hmm. where um, they're under the guise of uh, coming here as university students only to realize that they don't actually have the university doesn't exist, they don't actually have the visa, and they're in so much debt that they have to work here anyway. So it's such a, I would say, like a whiplash, like, oh my goodness, it's all around us kind of thing. And like I said before, like I think that I don't know what we do or what any of us can do uh, on our own. I find it very insignificant, you know, like, um, Part of this is that I held a part of being a youth representative. I held a conference online, uh, the Youth Against Slavery uh, conference that we had with uh, Help University. It was under Psychi uh, Club. Uh, it was part of uh, something that I wanted to do in collaboration with our university and uh, Project Liberate. And we start talking about these issues and how. Um, we can, you know, try to make our own little difference kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can't really say that it's going to happen, but we can hope for it, you know. But I would say that that is one project, one issue that has really hit my heart uh, a lot. Yeah. 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 I also feel it like, oh, oh gosh. I mean, the fact that you actually managed to, to talk to these survivors, like, like, I guess, how did they seem, you know? How, how were they, like, like as survivors? They're, they're, they're just like you and me. Mm. They're, they're just like anybody. I spoke to one survivor. Um, obviously, the one, the, the, the one in America, uh, she spoke English. Mm. Oh, my gosh, she's such a sweetheart. Uh, she has a little boy, uh, you know, and they're, yeah, they're just people with families who want to live. Um, the one that I met in Malaysia, she was uh, from Indonesia and she was trafficked into Malaysia. Mm. Very, very common. Um, but, you know, even with the language barrier, I was speaking in like, half Malay, half English, and she was speaking Indonesian, and we were just like, I know this word, this word matches up, you know. Um, what really hit home was that she, and not what really hit home, is uh, a realization. She was a university graduate, you know, and she was just about like a couple of years older than me, and she was just graduated university, came to Malaysia under the guise of getting an actual job, um, but instead, she was trafficked into uh, not an actual job, right? And one thing that we have to realize, and I think it comes across all different social issues, you know, when we talk about people, we always be like, oh, you know, the Okayu community, or, oh, you know, uh, 
this community, that community, but like they're, they're they labeled as something, like, right? Exactly, mm. you know. And they see us as something else as well. They see us as people that oh, who try to help, but you know how much help can we really do? You know, and if you look at it in another way, like how much of us are just doing it, you know, for extra credit in our class, or how many of us are actually doing it for with the intention to want to help better other people's lives, mm -hmm. you know? Because like a lot of times I feel like when we do um, charity work, you know, there's always a hidden message behind it, the reason why we're doing it. Is it a company, see it, um, uh, a company program, you know? Uh, I think it's a CSR. Yeah, a CSR yeah, yeah. that wants, yeah, CSR that wants, um, that they have to do um, tax benefits, right? Mm. Or is it something that people genuinely want to help? You know, so we see them as something, and they see them as uh, one thing, and we need to realize that you know we're just all people trying to live on this planet, I guess. So when we try to label ourselves, and you know, when you speak to these survivors, and not just survivors of human trafficking, but anybody who has had who has had um, faced discrimination in the past, who has faced um, inaccessibility to different uh, things mm. and who lead, who lead different lives than you and I is that they're people as well you know they're just all people they have habits they have their favorite kind of coffee if they drink coffee they have their favorite uh, food that they love to eat um, they have families who they would like to go back to they have uh, favorite childhood games and stuff like that you know so we're all just people so when I say when we talk to these survivors and stuff like that as much as we want to I feel like a lot of people realize that oh you know talking to survivors oh it's so scary just like survivors or anything you know uh, but you just have to remember that there are people, people also yeah, yeah there are people also you know so yeah, I would say that at first I was also, I'm not going to say that, oh, I came in here with an open mind, but when first time I was talking to them, so I was like, oh, I don't know what to say, would I say something wrong? And then after that, we just started sharing stories about like our favorite hiking places. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, so there are people also, we, that, that there's no need to be afraid of. Um, you know, seeing them as something different or whatever. We're all just we're all just people. I would say. And how how do you think or how would you recommend people to, I guess, start like being more aware of this? And if they do want to help, how should they help? Since you've been in the field for a while. Uh, in the field of migrant workers or like in general? Uh, in general, in like doing social justice work and stuff like that. So how should someone like start by learning about it or how should someone start by you know, actually wanting to help if they do want to? I would say the first thing that I, I would recommend for them to do would be to open their eyes without prejudice. So don't come in with any pre-existing notions about what you think people are or how people behave. So for example, um, migrant workers in Malaysia, a lot of people see them as, oh, uh, somebody who's going to commit crime, 
for example, right? Or somebody who's coming here to take our jobs. Oh. Uh, yeah. Just a disclaimer out there to whoever is listening. Uh, when migrant workers come over, do you want their jobs? Do you want their hard labor jobs? Are you willing to take it? If the answer is no, then migrant workers aren't taking your jobs. They're taking the jobs you don't want. Actually. Okay, yes. Mini rent out of the way. <laughs> no worries. But yeah, I think that people need to come in with um, an open mind when they're seeing different issues. Try to think about it from different perspectives. You know, try to put yourself in their shoes. I feel that when it comes to a lot of these issues, we tend to sympathize rather than to empathize. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, <laughs> it happens so often. It's like, like. Yeah. And it's what we learn in psychology as well. Don't sympathize. We need to empathize with them. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, when you sympathize with these other people, you know, you're just like, oh, kasiannya. Oh, you know, like, this is such an issue for them. Let me let me solve the issue by, like, throwing money or something at them. Yeah, I feel so bad for and, them, you know. Yeah, they need help. Exactly. And then think about it in their perspective. You know, they're functioning human beings as well mm-hmm. you know like how would they feel somebody coming over kasihaning them and all that insulted yeah exactly it's, yeah. It's, I, I would say it's as somebody who has faced that before it's pretty insulting you know when people take you for granted like that mm. and do not give you those choices but rather when you emphasize it then put yourself in that community so for example um, mental health within the OKU community is very hard to get. Um, even more so within the, not even more so, I would say, uh, but for example, the deaf community, right? Mm. As counsellors, uh, counsellors learn how to counsel in English in Malaysia. They either learn it in English, uh, same goes for clinical psych- psychologists, they either learn it in English, or maybe you can perhaps chant Malay. Right, but how many people actually know how to do it in Cantonese? Uh, how many people know how to do it in Mandarin, in Tamil? Minimal, I would assume. Exactly. How many people know how to do it in, um, for example, uh, in the languages of Orang Asli, uh, Orang Asli and Orang Asal? Mm. Yeah. So for me personally, uh, I find this issue to be pretty not this issue, but the language barriers kind of hard, so I have I'm actually taking classes to learn sign language and uh, learning more about the deaf community because there are so many issues that I would I think that I'm able to help and that I want to understand their issues more mm-hmm. and their culture. You know, they have a whole different culture, their culture, their community, and trying to understand what is it that they want, what is it that they need, and whether I as a person can provide it, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, you're both from psychology background, you want to talk about mental health, right? Mm-hmm. If let's say somebody's deaf or let's say you don't understand their language, do you want to have a translator in the room when you're talking to your client? I mean, it technically breaches confidentiality already, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even if you do have permission, you know, there's so many nuances of, um, for example, like the deaf community, or um, different kinds of community that you wouldn't be able to understand. Yeah, because you just don't know. 
um, I'm not here saying that you should learn every language under the sun, but I'm here to say that you should learn more about the community uh, when it comes to it. Because when you learn about the community and actually be part, take active measures to be um, active within the community, you know, just don't, don't see them as, you know, like a charity project or something. Like, see them as people as well. You know, be part of the community, not as an observer. Uh, you can, you're able to understand more. Um, that's if you want to make big, not exactly big kind of changes, but if you want to make a those difference. kind of changes, uh, as in like changes within the community itself. Wow. Yeah. But I do have to say that understanding and empathizing with certain issues would be important. It's a, I would say it's a good step if you want to talk about like, social justice or you want to uh, be tackling these kind of issues. Don't sympathize, empathize. Um, another thing that I would say is that a lot of people think that, oh my gosh, if I'm going to talk about social justice issues, I have to change a law. I have to start a rally, uh, go somewhere. I have to make this super duper campaign, go online. I mean, yes, uh, but like, that's like but the, no, the TikTok extreme no, already. You don't. That's the thing. To make, I believe that everybody is capable of making change and everybody is capable of making a difference if they want to. So, for example, um, at the summit, I met this girl who wants to be a businesswoman, mm. right? And she said that, and she's like 16, okay? And she said that if I'm going to do a business, if I'm going to run a business, I'm going to make sure it's cruelty free and we pay people a fair wage, you know? So it's still combating the issue. It's still talking about the issue of, you know, inaccessibility to wages. It's still talking about um, it's still helping people who, you know, don't get fair wages or who get spindled and coerced into it. She's making a difference in that sense. I spoke to another guy, he's from Indonesia, and he is studying fishery. And the fishing industry has a lot of trafficking involved. And he said that when he said that I'm going to study really hard, and when I work, I'm going to make sure that the people I work with do it right. Yeah. Um, for example, my dad, uh, he works with, uh, he does, he helps people do their immigration visas. Mm. So he helps people go through the whole process and stuff like that. And he refuses to work with anybody who he thinks has bad intentions of bringing people into the country, etc. You know, you um, this other restaurant really near my house that specifically only hires refugees. Um, you know, and it's like a mom and dad restaurant kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so like you don't have to you know start a petition or whatever. You just sometimes you just think about it in your perspective. You know, so for example, um, the issue of children having uh, inaccessibility to education or learning a language, right? Let's say you open a restaurant. Get a kid 
to read out to you and then you give them like free ice cream. Yeah. Or for example, if like the issue of uh, the environment, right? Get people to go pick up trash. Let's say, let's say like, easiest to open a restaurant, right? Let's say for every bag of recycling that they bring to you, you treat them with coffee in the house. Wow. You know, mm. you can integrate this into your lives very, very easily. You know, um, if you want to, let's say, make community changes mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Let's say if it's just, uh, for example, I, uh, for example, mm, if you live near a park or something that just has so much trash, just get you and a couple of your friends to go and pick it up, lah. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, or let's say if you understand uh, a language, right? Mm. Um, for example, you understand Mandarin or you understand like Anthony's Hakka, you know, go to an old folks home where chances are the people who are there, um, uh, the residents, would love to speak with somebody who can speak their mother tongue. You know, it's, and it's just, I wouldn't say that it's very easy, but I would say there are very minimal steps to it. I mean, how, how, how do I say it's like, small steps, lah, like taking small yeah. steps in the right direction. Yeah, and I think mm. if, you know, if, I wouldn't say everybody, because that's kind of impossible, but in my utopian world that's living in my brain, lah. It's if, possible. <laughs> yeah, if everybody just take a little, few steps in the, few steps into, few additional steps within their own communities, you know, in, in that right direction and actually committing to it. I'm not saying that you do it for like, for example, if you, if you go and work with children in children's homes, yeah. don't go on a one-off visit, you know, it's not fair for the kids. Yeah. Go there and commit. Same thing with like old folks' home, you know. Don't go there for one of visit. Go there and commit. When you're working with communities, don't think it's, oh yeah, I went and visited uh, a refugee center for one time. I'm washing my hands clean of this issue. I've done my part for the world. You're just trying to like justify it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But if you if you genuinely want to try and say that you attempted to make a difference. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's just commitment has to be there yeah like I know this one guy where I rescued my dog from I, I, I got my dog from him mm -hmm. he is a bit older than me he's an engineer and his dad loves dogs he used to take in dogs all the time and this guy just was like you know what I'm going to start my own center and now he owns uh, property and he spends most of his time outside of work rescuing dogs and getting them to good homes. Oh. Yeah, and he and he started this when he was 18. Pro, yeah, Project Liberate, the, the NGO I used to work at, mm -hmm. uh, 
she also was a help student. I'm I'm saying this because I know that she probably wouldn't like me saying this. <laughs> Just a piece of it. But yeah, she was a help student and she started the company when she was 19. Wow. So what I'm trying to say here is that age doesn't matter. Your background doesn't matter. You know. Um, but the thing is, is that I do want to say is that you do need uh, social support. Uh, if you want to go talking about these issues, you want to go um, understanding these kind of issues, uh, it's very hard. You know, hearing heart-wrenching issues, yeah, you know, hearing heart-wrenching issues, you know, even if it's just about the environment, you know, sometimes when I, when I look at the state of, like, trash everywhere, like, I start to cry because it's just really, really sad. Yeah. I went on a whole rant the other day to my dad about the different rivers in Malaysia and how we need to keep them clean, you know? Yeah, but just talking about these issues, I would say it gives you a lot of anxiety. And I don't say this in the light of like, oh, you know, uh, taking an exam, very anxious. But it does, when you delve into these issues, it does give you a lot of anxiety. It does, it gives you a bleak aspect to life and humanity, I would say, you know, when you see all these issues and you're like, oh man. It's like you're entering like a realm of like something you're not used to and comfortable with. Yeah, right? and also yeah. it doesn't help that a lot of these, it's just really, really sad and it's really depressing and it makes you angry, it makes you sad, it makes you nervous for the future and stuff like that. Mm. You need a social support. You need a social support group, team, your friends, you need a system, you know, like I have friends who work within these industries, who work within these issues, and sometimes we just call each other and be like, hi, I have to, I had a bad day, I need a 20 minute cry, can you stay on the phone with me while I cry, yeah, uh, sometimes when they, they have had a bad day, I will send them chocolate to the house, you know, because taking care, you can't help other people if you don't take care of yourself first. That's true. Yeah. So take care of yourself first. Your men like your own mental health, uh, your own physical health comes first. You know. So I would say, if anybody wants to get into these issues, three things. Number one, uh, just to summarize what I've said so far. Number one. <laughs> knowledge very important number two you can make a difference you don't have to think about it in a big field you can start small first number three is getting a support system in place yeah i think uh, i was i was like trying to summarize everything but i think you summarized it already <laughs> at this point and hmm, let me see if there's anything else oh you mentioned like about malaysia's like scene about like social justice and everything right like how do you personally think you could improve the scene here? Wow, how can I improve it? Um, well, what do you okay, think should be improved? At okay, least? what do I think that should be improved? That's a better <laughs> question. <laughs> because I don't know how I'll be able to go by it. One yeah, it might, might be a big thing if it's you yourself, right? I just thought about yeah. it. <laughs> um, one thing that I would say is getting more young people involved. I do understand that our parents' generations and the generations come before them, they have pre-existing mindsets 
about certain issues and certain things and how it should be run. Um, they have that mentality of, you know, if they have, a lot of people have that mentality of, I can't make a difference, so I'm not going to do anything. Mm. Uh, how many times have your parents told you or any other significant older person in your life has told you that maybe you should leave Malaysia? Go Australia, very nice. But big Malaysian community then. Very, very many people have told me that. <laughs> Exactly. But the thing is, if all of us leave, the problem still persists here. You know, if we start to say that not my issue, not my problem, not going to deal about it, uh, we're just going to continue living in this cycle and we're just going to continue living, you know, with rose-tinted glasses, thinking that everything's great, uh, but nothing actually gets solved. Because no one does anything. Yeah, exactly. So I think, but I do understand why our parents' generation thinks about it that way. You know, they grew up uh, with, if you look at the times that they were growing up in, you know, the war or post-war mm. um, efforts. Uh, it was the time of May 13, post-May 13 riots and stuff like that, where people don't want to kick around the dust a bit too much. Um, it comes from a time where a lot of people didn't have access to education, um, who don't have degrees and stuff like that, who didn't have the same opportunities as you and I. So I would encourage, I would, would love to see more young people on the scene um, taking their own ideas and new perspectives and trying, you know, just instead of thinking of that of that mindset of like oh uh, if somebody has um uh if somebody's a thief for oh drug addict uh easier if somebody's a drug addict we will solve it as a medical issue you know um because that's the way our government is looking at is attempting to look at it now you know drug issues rather than crime looking at it at it as a, a medical issue but you know, I feel that young, younger, younger people can make the difference of you know why stop there? Why are people taking drugs in the first place? You know, poverty, peer pressure, and stuff like that. And I do feel young people can make a lot of difference in that area. Uh, I so too. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So one thing that I would love to see more is obviously more people uh, having not only the awareness but the willingness. To change their mindset, mm. I feel like some people like they know that this is a bad issue and they go about it anyway. Like for example, uh, we have a plastic problem in Malaysia. Yes. We use a lot of plastic. Yeah. So you know, not only just saying that yeah we have a plastic problem and then going to go tapau food in a, a single use plastic container. You know, bring your own uh, tapware around and stuff like that. You know, uh, young people can do it too. I used to when uh, back in the old good old uni days, I'll carry a tapware with me. Sometimes two because my friends will forget to bring theirs. Uh, to go and buy yeah, or something. Just so that I wouldn't <laughs> use plastic. Mm. Pardon? To, I mean, like, the last time that yeah, was... Yeah, going to Uncle to, to, Chong. Yeah, Uncle Chong there. 
Wow, the good old uni days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would bring my own tapoe so much so that Uncle Chong would recognize it and he would be like, "Yes, I know what you want to eat." <laughs> but yeah, just you know, it's you can. I I would love for more young people to definitely just take the helm on these issues because I feel that our parents' generation has become very complacent. Um to a lot of these issues and just taking the helm and just saying nope not doing that just and just be like yep I, I'm going to do something about it you know like I said earlier it doesn't have to be big change you know changing your um, bringing the tapuet go recycle uh, visiting homes once a week uh, if you start a business try to incorporate it within your business itself you know, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's easy, but I would say it's not impossible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. It's like doing at least like smaller things. Just yeah. not small. Imagine, imagine just, just, you know, close your eyes and imagine this utopian world with me where if everybody can make a small difference in their own bubbles, it would become something more. I think big also if everyone does something small. Yeah, if everybody does something small and come in with an open mindset, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what I would like to see. Yeah, all right. Then I guess if you have any closing remarks, because uh, I think that's all the questions I have already. Any <laughs> any last things you like to share with the audience and anything you want to plug, go ahead. It's all free for you here. <laughs> okay, one thing that I will do passing passing words to the audience is um if you want to start somewhere, go and read. Go and talk to people, go and ask, ask questions. Ask a bunch of questions. Go and read. I know that a lot of people would say that, oh, you know, where do we find these books and stuff like that? They do exist out there. Um a lot of Malaysian publications do exist. I have a whole rack just full of Malaysian books and uh, the status of Malaysia, history of Malaysia and stuff like that. Um, Southeast Asia, go and read, go and learn. Don't stop learning. Uh, don't stop learning, whatever happens. You graduated university, congratulations. Go pick up a book and start reading again. <laughs> you know, it doesn't stop that. It doesn't stop that. Um, yeah, I would say that's, that's where you start. And nothing that I want to say is that even though you feel that you are very small within this world of problems, you know, um, you're just another, I feel a lot of times that I'm just another like faceless, nameless person working, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter in the long run, you know, you're, it, it's about, it's about, it's not about you. That's what I would say. It's not about you and that is something beautiful and that is something that you should embrace. Go go forth and learn. That's what I would say. That's um, very, very touching. Wow. <laughs> okay, Ooh. plugging time. Yes, plugging go ahead. Time. Okay. Um, please go check us out at Course. It's K-O-U-R-C-E. Course. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram, course.org. So spell out dot D-O-T. You can check out our um, documentaries. You can look uh, us up on Instagram where you can watch the full documentaries uh, on 
Oh no, you can check us out on Facebook where we have the full documentaries put up. Follow us, give us a like because um, cool things are coming. I would say yes. Cool yeah. <laughs> and for those who missed it, links will be in the description. So don't worry. Yay! Yay! If you want to check uh check out course, uh everything will be in the description. And thank you again, Kash, for joining me in this interview talk chat about social justice. Your insights were very, very oh, I, I'm like at a loss of words. This is like one of the like I guess like toughest interviews for me because like I, I really felt a lot throughout interview. Yeah, no, because I, I felt a lot throughout this interview, like like you know, hearing about your different perspectives and whatnot. And it's just what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? I, I'm gonna be the interviewer now. What do you think? <laughs> what do I think? These issues. I think yeah. that like you said, we know of the issues existing, but we're not doing enough to solve the issue. And we get complacent because ah, you know what, someone's gonna do it. At the end of the day, I don't need to be the one to do it. I'm not going to make a difference and stuff like that. But yeah, I believe that you need to make that small step to be able to make that big difference. And once everyone starts making that small step, I also believe that some big things can happen because of it. So yeah. Oh, maybe I should start a cult. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, thank you Everybody again. Everybody just do nice things to each other. Oh, if it's that way, yeah, sure, why not? I thought you meant like the other <laughs> way, you know, like that kind of cult. No, 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 no. no. But yeah, anyways. We got a cult where everybody does cool things and nice things to <laughs> our planet and each other. How about you? But yeah. Anyways, thank you again, Kashmira, for joining for the interview. You're welcome. Thank yes. you for giving me the opportunity. No worries. Anyways, that is all. Uh, anyways, check us out in the other episodes of Mike Top, and that is all. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.